Yes, I would, actually. Okay, well, let me tell you. So there's no questions about how I got these scars. We. Bomb. Ah. Cinema. I used to always think this podcast was a drama, but now I know it's a comedy. Ooh. Oh, I fucked up that line. It's a tragedy, not a comedy. Fuck it, shit. Can we, can we go from the top? My whole life, I uh, thought this pod was a cast, but now I know it's a pop culture podcast. Mm. We'll just clip that and okay. replace it. All right, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, hey, how's it going, guys? Everyone survived. Happy for you. Happy for you. You know, we we risked ourselves this week. We put our f- lives on the line. Listen to me. Listen to me. We fucking risked it all for you. You need to thank the hosts of every single pop culture podcast we, you listen to. Yes. We didn't know if we were going to be able to release this episode because we didn't know how violent the streets of America would be upon the release of this film. Well, I mean, we have to make sure that we're very thorough with this review because there's a lot of people that are staying at home. This movie was uh, estimated to get a billion dollars this weekend. Said they had to settle for a measly $990 million. (laughs) Yeah. So just because people were too scared to leave their house. I know a friend of the pod, Adam, was talking about how he saw just a white dude pacing back and forth outside the movie theater before he went to go see the Joker, which is kind of terrifying. But uh, yeah, we we're, almost, t- we're talking about Abominable, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're we talking almost about the new hit. should have all gone together just to avoid profiling. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I feel no. Okay, so I uh, I will quick little anecdote. So I went Thursday night, opening night, and I was like, oh man, like I see some sketchy people, and I thought about it. I bought a single ticket in the back row of the movie theater. If mm-hmm. anything, people were looking at me mm-hmm. thinking, who is this like cis white boy who's going to pull out an uh, AK out of his pants? Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show. We bought a mic, a pop culture <laughs> podcast, where every week we talk tortured, marginalized clown character studies. Mm-hmm. We talk uh, a lack of uh, taking mental health seriously in this country. A healthy mix. A fun banter and careful, critical analysis. And that careful, critical analysis is the key this week. Because DC has unveiled their dark masterpiece upon the world. From the twisted mind of Todd Phillips. From the guy who brought you Hangover 3. And 2 and 1. Come on, give the guy a fucking... 3 is the opus. (laughs) Old school? (laughs) I'm Ernest. I am uh, Survivor Hunter. Yeah, and I'm Drew, and I'm marked as safe on Facebook <laughs> for the Joker opening <laughs> So, there are two ways to talk about this movie. We can either talk about the movie, or we can talk about talking everything about, yeah, about talk the about well, talking about let's, the movie. Let's everything talk, around the movie. Let's get into that in spoilers, because there's specific things that we can talk about that happen in this movie that uh, are leading to the things, the conversations outside the movie. Because they are very interlinked. Without without belaboring over it, I think it's it, it, it goes without saying that like 
the film Twitter cinephile community was kind of like shoving its own head up its own ass over this movie leading up to the release, kind of tangling with the mainstream media as to whether or not this movie was going to have real world violent consequences given the subject matter and our you know political climate yeah. and these tragedies that I'm going to go the other way. I don't think that film Twitter went far enough. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wanted more conversations about the Joker going into before anyone in the world I mean saw it, it. it's so gotten to the point where it's like certain news outlets are like scraping whatever they possibly y- that's can what to I try was to provoke say. it. They want it to happen. The yeah. news is not doing well if you haven't heard recently. They need things to happen. Yeah, have you seen Nightcrawler? Yeah, yeah. It, like literally, that's every news outlet with this movie opening. They were like, "Damn, it would really suck if someone <laughs> were to, I don't know, shoot up the theater." Yeah. You know, like they're begging for it I because know. they want it, and it didn't happen because that shit just doesn't really happen. Exactly, that's the key. And I, I, I gotta say this now before we get into the actual movie that, like, if you know, uh, luckily, uh, God willing and and thank thank the yeah, lord watch, watch it happen like tonight <laughs> we <laughs> didn't nothing actually I got breaking news notification. oh my god <laughs> uh nothing actually happened uh nobody got hurt we're all fine but this movie if somebody watches this movie and commits an act of violence it's not because of the movie yeah the, they were clearly already very troubled to begin with the movie, is, no movie is going to make anyone into a fucking murderer. Well, That's not how that works. Also, the like the uh, supposed political message of the movie is really, really muddled in a lot of ways. Yeah, to the point that this movie. I like to see it radicalize someone would be really exactly funny. It's because not. It's not a movie that really leans any strong way at all yeah because i mean the only like there is some conversation that is uh necessary not necessarily at this point but you know it has been necessary before to talk about uh having the responsibility of depicting you know not depicting anything that could radicalize someone but uh i don't know man like this movie the only thing that i could say like might be troublesome is just the fact that this was a deeply troubled mentally troubled man and doing what he did ended up making him happier that's i i think that i think that what we're trying to say here at we bought a mic if i can speak for all of us is parents out there if you're listening take your kid out of school school is dangerous movie theaters only one mass shooting and that was like 10 years ago so movie theaters and don't move out of the state of colorado and then you'll be fine. Um, movie theaters, well, safer than schools. An- another bit of conversation that is doesn't have anything to do with the movie is Todd Phillips' comments on comedy, oh, which are very funny. He's such a fucking moron. Yeah, I, that is... Uh, <laughs> it's, well, it's a funny move to do, because, uh, particularly because uh, this is like a, a well-made movie, The Joker. Like, this is like... It's a, well shot, yeah, it's I well put ca- together. Like, I would call it good... And yet he still felt the need to act marginalized. This rich, insanely successful white man saying, man, you just can't do comedy anymore. That's really crazy because... All this comedy I've been seeing that's really good that came out this year, that must have not happened. We've Well, I mean, we talked about that before. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, we talked about that as recently as... Um, Chappelle. As the Chappelle sh- um, episode that we did, where we were talking about how, like, 
it's only people who uh, are the problem that are saying that you can't be edgy anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's these edgelords of Twitter and Reddit that have come yeah. out of the woodwork. They're like, I guess just comedy's dead now. And I mean, that's there's even people that I admire, looking at you, Bill Simmons, who are part of the problem that are feeding into this narrative of you can't be funny anymore unless you like... Unless, like, saying that you can't push the boundaries anymore. Yeah, when literally every insanely rich comedian is still doing the exact same thing. Dave Holmes wrote an incredible retort to all this, to the Chappelle and what what's, uh, Todd Phillips said. You got to read this article. It's incredible. What's it called? Uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. It's by, it's by Dave Holmes on Twitter. And it just really simply breaks down how this is all an, a ruse by all of these comedians. They, they want to feel victimized so much when they're just so not victimized. And one one thing that he said that really cracked me up, he was talking uh, about Todd Phillips, and he was like, Todd Phillips, here is an, a little exercise for you, a thought exercise. Go out into a stand-up comedy club, go to an open mic, and do a bunch of jokes about Jimmy Carter, okay? Uh, and now people are not laughing at those jokes. Is that because the country is turned on Jimmy Carter? Is that because... Jimmy Carter is canceled or too offensive to talk about? No, it's because that's some old-ass shit. Comedy has changed because that's not topical anymore. It's the same with uh, the line paging Dr. Faggot in The Hangover. That is not a 2019 line. You have to fucking update. It like, doesn't mean comedy's dead. Yeah, that's nothing new. Like This has been happening since the beginning of time. Do you want it to just... Do you want to just be in a permanent state of stasis? Because then we would just run out of jokes to make about the same three things. Mm. That was a bad joke when it came out because gay jokes have been happening for so goddamn long. But society, it it allowed those things to kind of pass through. Yeah, and so now we're just saying like, all right, now you can't do slurs. And he's like, what? Okay, this is is some bullshit, guys. Come on. I got to make the Joker movie now. Look what you made me do. It's just, just because your comedy isn't, getting accepted doesn't mean that no one is enjoying comedy anymore. It's just your fucking comedy. So this this article, I think uh, you're referring to on Esquire, mm-hmm. and it's called Top Fi- Todd Phillips Thinks Cancel Culture Ruined Comedy. Maybe He's Not Funny Anymore by <laughs> Dave Holmes. And we can link that down in the show notes. There's a picture of uh, Todd Phillips on this article, and he kind of looks a little bit like a great value Quaron. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a decent looking guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I'm not even going to say that he's not funny. I'm sure he's a funny guy, but his brand of humor just aged and he refused to update it. Well, it's very, I mean, I haven't watched, I don't think I've ever seen The Hangover 3. No, of course. But I mean, either. Definitely not. I haven't watched the first two in like a decade since they've been out. And from a, what I remember, the reason why those movies were so successful is because they were very broad. They were very broad comedy. And it's interesting that this is the guy making the Joker because uh, we can get into our thoughts about the movie now, but this is a very broad movie. And I think a lot of people are perceiving it in a way that's uh, a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. And look, if you enjoy the movie, go for it, man. You can enjoy whatever you want. I'm not here to stop you. But... I don't think this movie is deep. And I, I feel like there are people who are maybe reading too much into it. And whether you're a big Joker fan or a big comic book fan, I mean, Harry, friend of the pod, does not like this movie. And he's the biggest comic book fan I know. Mm-hmm. So it, there might be a little bit of both. 
I'm not saying that if you like the movie, it means you're a fucking idiot. That's not what I'm saying. In my opinion, the movie is the definition of pretentious. Mm. It is trying mm. to be something it is not. It, it wants to be about all of these very thoughtful things, very uh, deep subject matter that comic book movies never touch. But it's just content with bringing them up and not exploring them in any meaningful ways. That much is... Like, I'm not even coming down hard on the movie, but that much is true. That they, they, they posit the questions and then they are like, well, listen, it's not, I don't, I'm, it's not my job to answer it. You know, I'm just raising a question. And it's like, well, you know, movies are really good at exploring things farther than that. To if, me, if you wanna. To me, this is the greatest student film ever made. Oh, like, the burns are coming out. Jesus oh my, Christ. this yeah. is like what I would make as a UCF <laughs> film student. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna make it look. We're gonna make the shots look really pretty. I we're would say so. I'm I would guessing say that, that what you we loved made was it better. <laughs> I'm guessing that you loved it. Then no. this is what you're saying. No, I I'm actually fine with the movie. I don't think it's bad. Like, I think Phillips is pretty competent. I think he has a good eye for cinematography. Mm-hmm. I think the movie's well constructed. I, we're going to talk about Joaquin Phoenix plenty. He is tremendous in this film. Yeah. Or as um, I call him, congested Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just was, I was just fine with it, you know? I, it didn't really do much for me. I think overall it was kind of a missed opportunity. You know, you have this, this uh, kind of R-rated, gritty comic book movie um, detached from the whole cinematic universe thing um, and with this really uh, magnetic performance at its core, it should have been a lot better. It should have been a lot better. I don't think it's bad. I think it's perfectly fine. Honestly, if anything, it's not even worth all the fuss. Like, all of this craziness online about, like, what this movie, the, 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 the impact that this movie is going to have on society, it's it's fine. It's a fine movie. I, I I will get into more details as we get more into like the actual story. But I think I've been thinking a lot about this, and I think that just it, for me, in my opinion, mm. you can't really have a Joker movie without Batman. Mm. It just doesn't work. You can't spend, and honestly. This is probably the best case scenario of what a Joker movie would be. I don't know how else you would do it, but it's it's just a bad idea from the get-go to have a Joker movie and have the Joker be your protagonist. Because if you look back to The Dark Knight, the reason why Heath Ledger is so amazing in that movie and why that performance will be one of the greatest performances of all time is because he's not really in the movie that much. I mean, he... He does have very extended sequences, but he's not the main character of the movie. Mm. He comes in and he fucks shit up and he's unpredictable and he's always like 15 steps ahead of Batman. Mm -hmm. And Batman is our hero. He's our protagonist that we follow. We're not meant to sympathize with the Joker. We're not meant to understand him or, uh, or get like what made him or what propels him and, 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 uh, what his motivations are. That's the whole fucking point. He doesn't have any motivations. So you could say that this is a different take. You know, this is a completely different approach to the character in the story. But to me, it, it's just not interesting. To me, what's interesting is 
how Batman and Joker are linked together, how those characters are forever intertwined. And when you remove Batman from the equation, you're left with something very empty and shallow and just not very interesting. Mm. Drew, what did you think of the movie? Um, You're coming fresh off of seeing it, so for your eighth time, I should point out. Well, I think that 90% of comic book movies that I've seen are shallow. Um, so this doesn't stand out to me among the crowd in terms of not having a lot of depth. It stands out in terms of the fact that it definitely wanted to have more depth. Um, but I think there is a lot to like about this movie, and there are things that bring it like well below what I would call the realm of greatness. I would call this movie a good movie. Uh, you, you said fine. Like It's not that far above, but I am sick of what we have in the comic book canon. I'm fuck I'm over it. And this is different from that. Uh you had a good point in that maybe the entire premise of a Joker movie is has a ceiling to it. Um and if so, this is near that. Like this is near the ceiling of what it could be. Uh Joaquin Phoenix is turns out he's good at acting. Yeah. <laughs> um this this man's a god. Like this man is unbelievable. And I got to watch him for two hours. He was mostly the only character on screen. Uh, that's a plus in any capacity. Like, I'd watch him dry paint. It, does that metaphor track? <laughs> sure. I'd, I'd watch, I'd, <laughs> him, I'd watch dry him paint. Per, portray drying paint. Yeah, exactly. On a wall <laughs> for two hours. Like, I would watch him do anything. And this was, like, a compelling performance. This was a... He's playing, obviously, a deeply broken, psychotic, mentally ill man. Uh, and to give him the ability to do that alone is getting me in the seat. Like the Joker aspect of it is not what I was interested in at all. I don't care about the Joker anymore. I, my senses have been blown out by the past 10 years of cinema. Um, this is a well-directed movie. Like it looks great. Um, he does have an eye for cinematography and that is, I'm sure one of the bigger things he wanted to prove with this movie, because the hangover movies while shot better than any Apatow movie, uh, it's not the focus of those movies uh, in so much as it is in this movie. Uh, so he probably proved what he wanted to prove, even though the reception is not as positive as he probably wanted it to be. Um, but to that point that you're saying about the fact People are on both sides of the spectrum are reading into the politics of this movie as if it were not made by Todd Phillips. Um, I'm not saying that he didn't have a political message. I'm just saying he didn't carry it through to a point that you leave the movie like, damn, this man hates Antifa or damn this, you know, like, I don't think that he is concerned even a little bit with any of that. Like, I think that he wanted to make a compelling really really dark movie and then this is how he executed it i don't i don't think the message came before the movie i think that the movie came first um this movie has more depth than uh any Zack snyder movie with that said though like this movie has more depth than most dc movies if not all i mean what else are we i, I mean if you're talking about the the newer ones yeah the dc i mean if you want to go back to like the tim burton ones maybe those yeah are a completely different beast on their own yeah exactly that you almost that's apples and oranges at that yeah point. or even like as far back as uh richard donner's ba uh superman movies i think yeah. those were 
a lot more uh, tuned into real themes. Yeah. I don't think this movie really has themes. That's Yeah, that's exactly my point. But That to be viscerally offended by this movie on either side is almost silly because this movie was made to be a movie and I don't think that it was made to call people into action on either side of things. I don't think that <laughs> I don't think Todd Phillips is coming out and saying that the underclass sucks just because some underclass members in this movie are portrayed negatively. Much like I don't think he's saying the rich suck just because some rich people suck in this movie. I don't know I, a single opinion. It's that, muddled. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like there are moments you could you could make an argument for both sides of any issue that is raised in this movie. Um, and that's partially kind of good. Because at least he's not taking the wrong stance. <laughs> I just it's, think that's so stupid. Well, yeah, but this is a fucking Joker movie. Like, like, why are we expecting anything? This is a Todd Phillips Joker movie. He, he made it dark and dramatic. He got Joaquin Phoenix. He made it look good. I wasn't expecting much more from the guy. This is Todd Phillips. Uh, like, that eight-minute ovation thing. Uh, I think Harry raised oh, from Venice. Yeah, I think me and Harry were talking about this in some group chat. Like this happens like like multiple times mm-hmm. every year, where like some movie gets like a ten minute applause, and you're like, wait. Well, it also won the top prize. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, I mean, there's a whole another conversation to be had about like, are the people in Venice okay? <laughs> <laughs> are they doing okay? I mean, I think that's European critics in general, but I, I think there's a whole conversation to be had about like how you can't really experience film in a vacuum nowadays with the internet. Like, it's impossible. It's just the way we watch movies is intertwined with the discussion around them. And I don't know, maybe five or ten years from now, I'll watch this movie and I'll love it once we're completely removed from all this. I mean, there, yeah, there was so much goddamn noise around this movie. And one thing that I definitely agree with you on is that it didn't warrant all this noise. Like, (laughs) this movie was not made to truly offend people it was made to uh look as though it were going to offend people almost and hunter's about to come well, in here listen with a that said i I'm, i can't understate that this movie had some incredible moments in it this movie has joaquin phoenix acting his fucking ass off that's what i got that's, he saves the movie well, that's in what my I, opinion. yeah that's what i drove there for and those scenes where he's acting his ass off they also are more than competently shot they also look great so plenty of times during the movie, I was enjoying the hell out of myself. It's just as a whole, the movie didn't enter uh, another tier. It didn't enter a tier of like all around greatness, which is fine. Which yeah, ex- that's what I'm saying. Not which movies is, don't have to be well, like. Yeah, I, I, well, let me speak on that. Okay, oh. I think this movie is a masterpiece. No way! I think it's perfect. I think it's the best movie of the you're, year. You're you're joking. You're a jokester. Joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm being a little jokester. <laughs> no, I, chaotic. I think this movie's fine. I think I think it's. I, I was wanting. I was really hoping that one of us would come in with the take of loving this movie, uh, just to have a little bit more of a discourse. Because I know people that do really love this movie, and I will say this is one of those movies where I'm here for both sides of it. If you think that this movie is, like, amazing and the best superhero movie that we've had in the last 10 years. I'm here for that argument. If you think that this movie is a steaming hot pile of shit, I'm here for that, too. Mm -hmm. This is a movie (laughs) where I would end up falling, like, around the five to six range as far as movies go, but it's much more watchable than that. And I've weirdly kind of enjoyed a little bit of the discourse on it because I'm here for both sides. Um, 
I think that it, I think that you guys both brought up some good points where, um, for one, the whole uh, Batman effect of that, about how you need to have Batman in a Joker movie. I think that you are onto something there. And really, Joker and Batman have this like psychosexual relationship with each other that is always carried. And I think that yeah. the movie that does the best job of that is actually, weirdly, the Lego Batman movie <laughs> that weirdly like, <laughs> expresses this whole idea of like, well, these two people, these two people need each other like in their lives. So, like That's why Batman will never kill Jokers, because he needs to have Joker in his life. He needs the opposite of the detective orderly Batman needs this pure agent of chaos. Um, I think that this movie does do some things. I'm going to emphasize the some things great for the mental health discussion. I think that really does kind of show about this whole idea of people in society, not taking mental health seriously. Um, and, what I don't think works is the whole idea of if you don't have a person on nine medications, then that means that they're going to become a crazy person well, and kill people. It's like any um, depiction of mental health. They usually go for the full psychos. It's which you know, I is because it, that, that is re- and that effect, it, it reminded me of split and a lot of the problems I had with split yeah. where, where how split started. Right. I was like, I really love where this is going. And then it becomes a super villain. And I'm like, I'm out. Like well, yeah. I'm, I'm checked out. It on becomes this. less nuanced. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's, and the thing is, to make a, a Joker movie about him having, like, dysthymia and staying in bed all day is a bad movie. I am glad, um, so... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, and that also no one is going to see it. So right. the, That's bad. Yeah. Like, that's not bankable. You need a full psycho. I'm glad that they don't actually use... Because the disorder that the Joker has, I'm glad they didn't actually say the name. Uh, it's called a pseudo-bulber... The pseudo-bulber effect. The laughing thing? Yeah. That's a real thing that people do have where they just uncontrollably laugh even whenever it's extremely appropriate. It's almost like a form of Tourette's. And I'm glad that they didn't actually say that name because then forever people who do have this disorder would just be associated with, oh, you got the Joker oh, he's thing. Like, he's like the Joker. Yeah. Uh, which like that I'm glad they don't have that um, in there. I This movie, it's kind of like you said, Ernest, where it asks a bunch of questions, but it doesn't really give answers to them. But at the same time, I like a lot of Marvel movies more than I like this, but I at least can admire certain things about this movie. I like, I would rather see more directors, even if I don't think that, I think this movie is a pretty big mess and it's often just doing Scorsese karaoke oh, at yeah. certain points. That, well, that was which a bigger we're gonna problem get into. than almost anything I um, brought up. <laughs> it's the taxi driver's homages are just like beating yeah. you on the can head we, ever can so we hard. Get into that right now, They're or? like, hey, Robert De Niro's in it. Do you get it? Well, Do you get what we're doing also, here? I mean, have you guys That's, seen King of Comedy also? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's King I mean, of Comedy and Taxi Driver. So, it's, yeah, th- this is an issue I've been dealing with a lot lately because a lot of modern directors are really wearing it on their sleeve, which you could also say about directors like Scorsese, like most of them. They, they, we just don't like know their influences because we don't watch a ton of old movies. Uh, however, it's getting harder to watch these. And... Uh, Particularly this one, because this was very heavy handed. And I think that was probably like baked into the cell of the movie. Oh, of course. Like, yeah. So I like, again, this was supposed to be a mass appeal movie. Taxi Driver doesn't have mass appeal. Well, this is this is like less than a shell of those movies because again, those movies are actually about something and they have themes. The King of Comedy is about fame and celebrity. 
taxi driver, it, Travis Bickle in that movie, he is obsessed with the the filth of New York, and he mm. sees himself as this heroic savior who will clean up New York. Joker, Arthur Fleck, is none of that. There is he, nothing about that. He's trying to be that. the Travis Bickle type character in this movie. What about? But, what about? But here's him? the thing: is that they leave you to believe. I mean, how this movie. I, this is. I mean, uh, he becomes the Joker at the end of the movie. Spoiler. Um, Damn. But how this movie ends is with him kind of like amassing this army, but he's not really, he hasn't shown any kind of leadership qualities. He like stumbles ass backwards into becoming oh, he's not the a Joker leader. character. He's which that not a leader. leads you to believe there's a lot of things about this movie where like, I feel like this movie isn't, it's going to sound funny, but like, I don't think this movie is edgy enough. Yeah. I think that they, exactly. they pull back too much. It could have been um, more violent. Too. There's yeah. Well, I, I thought that the violence, some of it was well done. There's certain things about this movie that I really loved how it was done, but there's always one thing that I'm like, ah, I, which I mean, we can kind of transition to spoilers unless you guys have any other spoiler free thoughts. Uh, no, I, most of my stuff is pretty spoiler heavy. So if, uh, I mean, this movie made a shit ton of money, so a lot of people are seeing it, but if you don't Go care, with a buddy. <laughs> if you care enough uh, to not know uh, details, this is your, your warning. Uh, like we all said, it's pretty fine. It's not anything... You know, revelatory or egregious. I it's I not high in this movie, but I still almost would say that it's worth watching. You know, well, I don't even know about that. I say I I'd say watch. It's worth it. watching for walking. If you've seen it already, you've seen it already. But if you haven't yet, it's it's one of those movies that it's if you're into Joaquin, you're gonna love it. If you're into comic book movies, you'll probably love it too. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. I don't I don't know. Here's I, uh here's one thing I will say about the movie. This doesn't really apply to our listeners, I don't think, but a lot of people in my theater were absolutely mind fucked because guess what movie they have never fucking seen? Taxi Driver or King <laughs> of Comedy. The, those aren't exactly movies that your your 23-year-old fucking, you know, coworker like fry cook or whatever watches. And that's not to demean that like you know type yeah, of person talking shit about fry no, cooks they're or? just they're most people don't watch movies the way that we do and so for for them this is like their citizen fucking cane because <sighs> it's it they've never seen a movie that's even tried anything ever you, they've only seen movies that were made to comfort <laughs> them you know they've only seen movies yeah. that were just like a, a pure double right down the middle they have never seen anyone swinging before and even if it didn't connect for me like a lot of people were probably watching it like, hmm, I should like watch a film. Is this an episode <laughs> of Drew's Baseball Diamond? Yeah, this is. <laughs> um, if I'm being honest with myself, I would not recommend this movie. I would say watch Taxi Driver and the King of Comedy. Well, I don't know, okay, so I don't I, know who I, I would tell that. to watch it. I mean, I think that one thing that's interesting about this is that this is like very clearly saying that we are kind of in the like the sunset of this superhero era because God, I fucking hope whenever so. we, like, I mean, this is, we've seen this already happen with Westerns. It's expedited a little bit, but also everything is moving faster in our society. So it only makes sense. Yeah. We never watched it or talked about it, but uh, the boys has a very similar affectation where it's these 
quote unquote heroes, but they're all like really bad people that are using their powers for like malicious means. Mm -hmm. And so now we're kind of entering this, even with Deadpool, which is very anti-hero hero kind of shit. Like we're seeing pretty much the bad come out and kind of laying it's, it's almost even similar of how Taxi Driver was to, or even before that, something like Midnight Cowboy was to the golden era movies of the 60s, mm-hmm. where finally we get this movie that like shows the underbelly, and then people are like, ah, yes, the underbelly, that's more compelling than uh, Hollywood house parties. Let's go <laughs> see that. And so we are kind of entering this era. So for that, I do think that, I would recommend it to a lot of people who have only seen the very glossy, ritzy Marvel movies and that just ingest the mass, mass culture, that this is at least a left turn. Even if I do think that this does have some really problematic issues in it and it isn't a great movie, I still think that there are certain things that you can take out of it as far as a mass audience. Yeah, goes. like there, I mean, there are people who like would like this for its darkness and it's intensely in the fact that it's well shot. And then they would not like taxi driver because that's going too far in that direction for them. Like taxi driver was not made for a certain type of person and that's fine. Uh, That's all I'm saying is my, like your average theater full of people is so disconnected from like our world of like actually thinking about this stuff a lot that to them, this is like some, some shit. Well on that point I've, a, a thought that's uh, spoilery. So this is your last chance right here. Spoilers for Joker. Mm. Um, to, to I, okay, go ahead. I just have a point to what you just made. Um, I feel like the end of this movie, it gives the Joker a moment of triumph and success, which kind of just throws out the window all of the Scorsese uh inspiration because Scorsese even though he really lets his movie stew in that I guess you could call it glorification of crime and evil he never ends his movies on a note of triumph and success for any of his characters so yeah we could spend two hours with Joker and see him be a terrible person and this like really uh, broken, sick, twisted, violent uh, character, but then the movie ends and he has won and he's the hero and we've seen our hero succeed and the whole time he has been a m- m- just really broken person and and become this criminal this beyond criminal just like a really sick horrible evil thing that's and well, that's, that's that's also what's broken about this movie well that's also why i don't like the idea like i said when it was coming out like when critics were starting to say oh it's it's like taxi driver but hero i was like i don't want to see any classic movies being remade into hero movies because then you have to do that mm-hmm. because then you have to have the moment where he does the joker thing Like, that has to happen if we're making a Joker movie. I think that, I mean, just getting to that point, the monologue that he has with Robert De Niro, I found to be atrocious writing. Yeah, A lot of people, I know, friend of the podcast, Colin, loved it. He said that was one of his favorite, like, scenes of the movie. I think it's a well-done scene, but the the actual writing is pretty bad. It's pretty horrendous. But I... 
I actually found the actual construction of the scene to be pretty compelling. You know, the music and the Do shots. Do you think that that would happen if you were like went on Jimmy Fallon and you're like, yeah, I killed those people? That they would, they'd just be like, no, let's keep this going. <laughs> Explain to yourself. Keep going. He's like, Mark Maron, hold back, hold back. <laughs> I, mean, I got this. Honestly, like, if we really wanted to, we could sit here for forever I, trying to discuss like what are the things in his head and what's the hallucination what's not so that's there's there's a couple of points one thing that mainly that i feel like this whole plot line sums up the toothless attack that this movie has is everything that has the bruce wayne batman character wait are we spoiling now yeah yeah i thought that how they were going to retcon it how they are siblings I thought that that was going to be this, like, really... I was really into that. They should have done that. And then it's just like, no, your mom was abusive, and that's why you're fucked up the way that you are. Where I think it was much more compelling if... Also, they could leave up to a sequel or something, because now this movie's going to make a billion dollars, so they'll probably make a sequel. But, like, have it be... Add this new element to their relationship where they're, like, these, like long-lost half-siblings that are the two different sides of the coin. Yeah. I thought that that would have been really cool. I love the scene. I really like the scene of him going to the, the Wayne Manor because I did not know what was going to happen. I was like, is he going to strangle Bruce Wayne? Like, mm-hmm. it was a moment where I felt like anything could happen, which you don't really get in superhero movies. I, the idea of Joker and Batman being half-brothers is amazing. Yeah. And the what, if, what about the idea of them not being? The, <laughs> the movie does nothing with it. No, it introduces it, and it's like everything. It's everything. Just a waste it just of time. it just introduces something, and then it does absolutely nothing with yeah. it. Well, that's why you're lending you, to to think that this movie could incite any type of physical reaction is to give it too much credit. You know, but people are acting. Uh, uh, part of me perceives it like this. M- people are. Uh, looking at the movie as something that is doing that. Well, like they are exactly. That's like, what I'm saying. Like they're going almost like some people are going out of their way to like be really uh, shocked and uh, affected by the yeah. film. But and uh, it's like, look, if you if you had if you had an emotional response, that's you. Like fine. But I'm just saying that like the movie is kind of like. It's not doing anything no, this <laughs> substantial. Is, this is a thoughtful, uh, dark, edgy movie when you're a kid. Right. If we watched mm-hmm. this when we were 10, maybe even 13, yeah. we would I absolutely would, yeah. It would be the greatest it. movie ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and really, like this movie can be rated whatever it wants to be, but those kids are going to watch this movie. They're going to watch the shit out well, of it. Well, I mean, think about... I mean, of course, it's a better movie, but think about how we were about that age whenever the dark Knight came out and mm-hmm. the dark Knight was like, it pushed the boundaries for what superhero movies could be and what the, the vibe and the tone oh, yeah. of movies could be. I will say one thing that I thought worked amazing in this movie is the turn of Zazie beats character. Cause the whole time you're watching the movie and you're like, why the fuck is Zazie beats with this fucking crazy dude? I like, saw I, that shit come in a mile well, away. I did not see that because it didn't introduce him hallucinating. Yes, it did. When he sees himself in Murray's show in the audience, mm-hmm. oh, and well, Murray invites him upstairs. Yeah, but I figured that was like kind of like a, a daydream fascination. But like she's in all these different scenes. I didn't love that we had to see the the 
cut back to him just being by himself and like <laughs> that laughing was so by himself goddamn stupid. in a cafe. Like we didn't need that moment because then well, just that one facial reaction. Again, it was, the it was movie, holding your hand. The movie these thinks it's so smart. It thinks it's so like philosophical, and it's like. Oh, it, it, I'm I, really like making you think, aren't I? It's, and it's like no. Well, it's more that I think that that like those inserts are a perfect case study for making a movie for a certain person because if I think that Todd Phillips knows that that didn't need to be in there, but I think he also knows who's watching, and a lot of them need it. Like a lot, people are yeah. not familiar with the idea of a character being not actually being there. They're not familiar with hallucinations in film. You know, I knew from the second that she said his name the second time they interacted. I was like, I don't think that they would know each other's names. You know, like she just she's like, oh, Arthur. And yeah. I was like, I don't know about that. And then later on, she's like, is your name Arthur? Is that it? <laughs> um, but like that's I mean, that's why this movie is ultimately a fucking compromise. Like that's what I'm talking about. I don't want to see any classic films remade with superheroes because that comes with a whole lot of fucking compromise. You cannot make it to the best of the top of its potential. Right. You literally are just not allowed to. I did just want to give a shout out to uh, this one little piece. Uh, it was by a, a guy named Bob Chipman who writes from uh, Escapist magazine. I just listened to a little thing they made where he's just like, you know, uh, a lot of people, it's along the lines of your uh, whole thing about the best student film ever made, but he's like, a lot of people, you know, the dorm room posters, how movies are just getting turned to dorm room posters, your Pulp Fiction, your Fight Club. This is if somebody tried to make a dorm room poster, mm -hmm. which yeah. is, it's, it is kind of, it has that effect where it's somebody who watches, somebody who only watches like mass media garbage sees this and they think this is the most woke oh, yeah. thing that they've ever uh, seen. Another thing is, uh, it could have been funnier. Like they're like yeah, if, for a it, movie called Joker. Speaking <laughs> of dorm room posters, we've seen a hell of a lot I, of Tarantino movies that get plenty dark while being funny. You could make it darker than any Tarantino and still make it funny. I do have this question for you guys. It's so say they take out the Bruce Wayne plotline completely, and this movie is just released. It's a new Joaquin Phoenix Todd Phillips movie called Arthur. And then they backdoor make it into a Joker oh, movie. Oh, that would end. piss me off. Does more. that make you okay? I was because no. I'm because I was wondering if that would make the movie well, better if they do know, like split. Almost. You know, you know how you do that. You take you take Bruce Wayne out of it. No, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. you take the Bruce Wayne plotline out. You just call it Arthur, and then by the end of the movie, it becomes a Joker yeah, movie. I think that would be cool. I would be into that. I, see, I think that I would be too if they kind of did a split. This movie would not make a hundred million dollars opening weekend if it was called Arthur. Uh, but I would I would be interested. I mean, to also see our, uh, is a movie called Arthur. <laughs> oh yeah, you have to call it Fleck. 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 I I honestly Fleck. let's before we 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 get too uh, um, into into other things. I I want to talk about Joaquin Phoenix a little more. We haven't talked he, about him enough. It's he is he's doing little, some yeah. things in this movie that are so fucking good. That scene where he's dancing in the bathroom after killing the dudes in the subway is amazing. His dancing, just oh his ribs. God. But everything, are... just how that movie is shot, like, or how that scene is shot with the camera just kind of gliding around mm. and the music just very slowly swelling. Just those two notes. Yeah. It just goes back it's and like forth. It's like a droning hum. I awesome. love that scene. And that's, that scene is early on. That it's it's early enough on that I was like, oh fuck, this movie's gonna be good. This movie's gonna be great. Yeah, and this movie looks not. amazing. Like it looks. That's why I can't say this is a bad movie because it looks amazing. And Joaquin, 
I I'm here for the Oscar buzz for Joaquin. I'm yeah. not gonna say that it's like the best performance I've seen of the year, but like it is. He is going capital A acting yeah. in this yeah, movie, yeah, I mean, and he's that's fucking method. That's what I want to see. Like he looks. I want to give him like a fucking sandwich or something in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like he's looks he's contorting his so, his back. Yeah, he the way he moves his body is unlike anything that I've ever seen, especially with the like blue green lighting mm-hmm. effect that this movie you has. You can kind of see his veins popping out a little bit. Oh, it's yeah. like it's like they're glowing he, under yeah, his skin. He's acting with every ounce of his body for the whole movie. It's like amazing. it's a full on performance. Uh, and that's not something you get I, all the time. I wanna. I, I saw a movie this week. Um, you guys heard of I'm Still Here? Yeah. It's a movie that is like a mockumentary of when um, Joaquin Phoenix had like a mental breakdown about 10 years ago. Yeah, it's like and, a, it's a documentary, but like they meant it as a joke, but it's like not a joke. It's the most bizarre thing yeah. I've ever seen. Like Joaquin is not normal. He's yeah. like a deeply strange man. I mean, Whenever he goes on a late night show, it doesn't work. Well, that's why I brought it up. Because in that movie, the, the key thing that everyone Letterman, knows yeah. is that he went on Letterman as this like character version of himself that he's probably on like a shit ton of drugs and just completely spaced out and can't hold a conversation with Letterman. And I just kept thinking about that moment when he's on the De Niro show at the end of this movie and just seeing... Uh, Joaquin Phoenix as the guest on this De Niro show juxtaposed with I'm still here uh, Joaquin on real life Letterman there's some meta-ness happening Mm -hmm. there where you have the same guy in the same general scenario and in both things he is just on a different planet he also just went as himself on Kimmel and Todd Phillips, as a joke, sent Kimmel a clip of Joaquin kind of blowing up on set and getting mad at someone. But it, I think it was a real clip. And Joaquin was very uncomfortable. In costume? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. I didn't even watch it. But, like, Joaquin, as himself, is already on another plane. Like, he can, he's not a, a person you want to book for for appearances. He's someone you want to book for acting. Yeah. Do you um, think do you think if he gets nominated he'll go to the Oscars oh. as the Joker? <laughs> oh god. Honestly, yes. I'm sure. here for it. Let's he, fucking I mean, do it. He's just like he's the best we have. Like he is the best of I think the best. that he is the greatest actor of our time. He yeah, I mean I really do think that he is ju- he has never given a bad performance he's, in anything. Yeah, he's otherworldly. He, I mean, in a way, another movie that plays the last movie that I saw him in that also plays very heavy taxi driver karaoke, probably even worse than this movie, is You Were Never Really Here, which I what think do you is mean a, worse. No, I just mean it's more, it's even more blatant with the taxi driver, uh, which I, I think, love that movie. I think that movie is a better movie than yeah. Joker. Don't get me wrong. That movie is also very, very blatantly taking the Scorsese taxi driver affectation of the whole thing down to the final shot which is literally like a recreation of the end of taxi driver yeah of him in the the house with the dead bodies yeah it's i also i think that he he does kind of this it's like the two sides of the court where that he's giving a very very subdued performance and it's all in his face that he's doing everything and that's a lot of the roles that he does take is very his body subtle. Too. He bulked up for that. Yeah, it's very. But that's the main way that we see Joaquin a lot of the times now in this like later stage is 
the more subdued version of him, where now he is actually going all out with yeah. the body acting. That's and I mean, I'm here for. That's both one of the first of things I wrote down, which is like I don't know how many times, how many more times we're gonna get to see Joaquin go nuts like this, like yeah. full on. Uh, so it was a pleasure to watch that. Um, and that Phillips said, is clearly like super, just magnetized by by how he is like. Joaquin is is eerie. He's icky. Yeah, he. I mean, yeah, he's deeply like off-putting. Yeah, he's everything that you would want him to be. Um, and the reason that this is not on par with other movies where he's gone kind of nuts, like for example, The Master, mm. is because that movie was made to be art, and it was made by an artist, mm-hmm. and this was not. Yeah, either of those things. So I don't know where. I mean, I get that it won that top prize award, but if it hadn't, I feel like the expectations would have been so much lower. Yeah, I'm be- sure. Because this movie is a fucking Joker movie <laughs> made by Todd Phillips. Like, this is better than it should be because neither of those things compel me to go to a theater, especially the Todd Phillips part. I think Todd Phillips is a really high-functioning, like, average to decently smart guy. Uh, and he made the best movie that an average guy can make with this movie like he tried to tackle depth but he doesn't have the depth in his head for it uh and that's not even that much of an insult because he still did a competent job he still did a good job of directing i love the color palette of this movie how the movie is insanely colorful but it's all muted tones it's all just like grayed out really bright colors yeah the Um, greens and the reds yeah I, i i love a lot of the choices that he made here um i just don't think that he had the quite the ability to like push through with his ideas um and also it's a joker movie and even if he did have the ability to do that this is not an indie movie and it had to have certain even without cinematic universe uh you know requirements there is still compromises that just have to be made it is fascinating to think about because whenever this movie it was never he was never signed on or anything but scorsese was originally the first name to be floated out there so to see what well at least as as an executive producer yeah but for him to be more involved Mm -hmm. in the making of it that would have been fascinating to see yeah if it would have been more or less of the the karaoke that we do see in this movie i also think that uh Chris Nolan is the other like if those if the Dark Knight trilogy had not happened we would also have much lower expectations for right. this movie because a that's a Joker performance and b that's the closest we've gotten to prestige hero movies particularly in the Dark Knight that is that I think that's the closest we'll ever fly to the sun maybe I do I did want uh, quickly is bring up one other thing about because uh, I did I just recently watched the Master and Her and watching those performances I. This is my favorite version of Joaquin where he's like almost like on the spectrum a little bit. Like there's like <laughs> something slightly off about him. I don't even he mean al- that as an insult, he but is like, like most of the it's, time. <laughs> it that really is like my favorite. I prefer that over like the walk the line version of him, which I love him and walk the line too. But I like it, the idea of thinking about if the guy from her uh, grew up to be the Joker. <laughs> the, the timelines don't match up exactly, but that's a funny it, thing not to exactly. think about. Like, well, how did the how did the timelines even match up in here for him to be the Joker? Joker, because Bruce Wayne is like ten. So that means yeah, that means that Joker's like fifty by the time that Bruce Wayne and, is unless, going into his. Unless this movie that's coming up, the Batman movie, is set in like the nineties. Well, it's they've already said that he. At least this is before this movie was released and everything. Yeah, they, they said, said that it this was movie detached. is a one-off. Like yeah. it isn't going to be. I would like to see 
a Batman movie with Robert Patty and Joaquin. Hell yeah. Just for those two acting off of each other I, alone. I don't see how the character we see in this movie would work as a Joker with Batman. I mean, because yeah. the Joker is a criminal mastermind and this guy is a fucking he's, idiot. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like an insane dumbass. Yeah, guy. he needs to be like actually like medicated. Yeah. Like, even if um I yeah. wanna I wanna shout out all of the fucking cameos in this movie. Yeah. My well, guy, Justin Thoreau, back from the dead. Mm. <laughs> rising out of back the from uh, water skiing with Ann Dowd, <laughs> aka my fucking dream. Yeah. He that he just casually Instagram storied it earlier this summer. Oh, that's Remember? right. Oh fuck that guy. Yeah. Anyway, another great thing about Todd Phillips is he really rides for his stand-ups. Like he puts them in his movies. Uh I mean Brian Callen was in every hangover movie. Now he was in this. Gary Goldman is in this. Um, Chris Red is in this. He's like the MC at the comedy club. Like he he's putting people that like Mark Marin. I mean, of course, he's putting his friends in these movies, and that's something that is always cool. And yeah. it didn't detract from the movie because they're all very small parts. Brian Tyree uh, Brian Henry. Tyree Henry shows up yeah. for one scene. He was in the trailer for this movie, yeah. and also a lot of Zazie Beats, which she is kind of relegated in this movie. But I, I, I thought it was funny. I was like, "Huh, Zazie Beats' character is really nothing," and then it's like, "Oh, it literally <laughs> is yeah. nothing." Yeah, at least it it doesn't try to make it more important than it is. Yeah, Brian Tyree though, it's like you're telling me that a little mangly, jokey guy is going <laughs> to reach through the metal gate. And, and rip it out of Brian Tyree Henry's hands. You know, I, 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 I kind of feel like uh, Joaquin Phoenix has that. Uh, you know how when people, when their family's stuck in a burning car, they can like like flip the car. I feel like Joaquin, yeah. when he's gone method, can do anything. I, I feel like he is a superhuman. So another uh, point of this movie having kind of a toothless attack uh, of... In this case, uh, the rich versus the poor dichotomy is whenever we have that moment when there's like a newspaper up standing up and Zazie beats there, and she's just like, "Good for that guy." Yeah, let's kill more. That's three less rich people to deal with, and that's just kind of it. It's just like, yeah, fuck the rich. So to that point, <laughs> rich people are all all suck. They're all mean. I wanna I wanna bring back an old segment here. Uh, quick maths: how we would fix this movie mm. if you take. The screen time that's devoted to Zazie Beats, and I guess maybe the mom too. I, I, I didn't mind the mom as uh, I liked her. Uh, yeah, that was mm. fine. What I'm trying to get at is all of the stuff with the the mob of clowns. Like, let's have a character in the movie be part of that. Maybe let's follow a character that's maybe friends with Arthur and. Uh, because Have all we get here is just like Arthur goes on the show and there's all of these things happening on the margins. He goes nuts on the show and then boom, there's anarchy that he has inspired. And that's it. Maybe a uh, flesh out Glenn Fleshler, our boy from Barry. Mm. He's not his Maybe, but, I like, but all he I like is, that guy a lot. All so he, do I. He's just a clown. He's, yeah. I mean, he does give him the gun. But we don't, there's nothing there. May, yeah, maybe. Is Glenn Fleshler the real bad guy? Is he the real Joker? <laughs> maybe if, yeah, you're you're onto something. Maybe if he is the one who is actually tied to this, like, clown riot movement that's happening. We actually get a character in no, there. there. It needed to be tied together because bec the fact that it's not tied together like that makes it so you're only left to believe that there must be a political intention there. Like, you must think, well, it didn't, it didn't have big plot uh, implications so it must be like a message but 
this movie simultaneously is going after like late capitalism. Like it's very anti. Like this man has been abandoned. He needs social services. He needs yeah. all this stuff. He, the the uh, people, the dudes he shoots are like Wall Street. Dudes. Yeah, but then it also seems to be kind of anti anti capitalism <laughs> because all like the mobs are not portrayed positively either. Right. Well, so that's why I say that this this movie's politics are not bold in any way that the, anyone should be offended because it's not a smart enough movie to make a stance that would actually... Right. Make, it well, doesn't another any side. That's or. another thing about this is that we have... You can't have a Joker who has no motivations and that is motivated by just purely just creating chaos and then just kind of make it where he's like stumbling into the chaos because they try and like push like there's this political message and he states bluntly like no I'm not doing this for any reason he literally says I don't have a pol- a political they should view. have just retconned that and then made it so like he is inciting this movement of the people or something like that and that's what's inspiring people to follow him that adds something yeah. to this whole thing of why people look to him to be a leader and not just this agent of chaos well I, m- yes we needed that. Or we needed the scene in The Dark Knight where he burns the pile of money. Yeah, have, have something. Like, well, have some kind of uh, agency S- in or, this movie. Or there's some no, sort of signifier. There's as to no like, agency yeah. in this movie. This guy, like, okay, so he gets beat up by some kids. His mom lied to him, so he murders her. Some guys are mean to him on the train, and he shoots them. And his dad doesn't hug him and that's it he well he was adopted and he was adopted and his mom was a psycho yeah if you're adopted and you have mental issues like you might as well just like fucking go yeah shoot well i want to go way way back to the point you made originally about how this movie tries to approach the whole thing about mental health i think the movie Again, like I've been saying, it just brings it up and it doesn't explore it. It, it abandons it. I was really excited at first for where I thought it was going to go. By the end of the through. movie, you're left with just guy goes crazy. There is no exploration of mental health and how we uh, abandon those that need us most. I think if the movie would have actually done that, and it would have explored that, it could have actually ended up in a better place. But then that just goes to your point about how, like, it's a Joker movie, who gives a shit? It's a Todd Phillips movie, more than, more than yeah. that. Because, uh, I mean, one, the, one of the most striking differences between Heath Ledger Joker and this Joker is level of intelligence, because they're both psychopaths. It's just that Heath Ledger Joker was a very smart psychopath, because yeah. Christopher Nolan would never write a dumb character. He has too big of an ego. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to prove through every character yeah. he writes that he's very smart. I will say, I am curious to know, even though like this movie is getting kind of panned by critics, it's still being like beloved by audiences everywhere. I do wonder, if this movie does get nominated for Best Picture, what does that mean for the MCU? Because that means that now the only movies that have really gotten like award claim have been the darker, grittier. Uh, well, Black movies. Panther got nominated for Best Picture. Black Panther did, but I mean, people, everybody thought that Dark Knight should have been nominated. And now, if this actually does get nominated, which it is, the stock is through the roof right now for this movie, especially with Joaquin, where I do kind of wonder. If mass audiences are going to take in this movie, which they are, I mean, this movie is making a shit ton of money. Are people going to be less receptive to the next glossy, happy-go-lucky Marvel movie we'll that see. comes out? 
we'll see. We don't I'm, even I'm, know. We I'm fascinated by what's going to happen. Like how pe- if people are going to look back and just be like, yeah, it's not the same shit. Like I don't want to fucking flip a car over after seeing that Marvel movie. Nah, so I mean, I, th- I think Marvel is <laughs> Marvel is just moving to Disney Plus right now. I mean, the only movies we have are Black Widow and Eternals for now. That we that we know exactly it, what they're kind of going to be. Yeah, but and I mean we're expecting the same Marvel machine to put out a, a solid movie like they usually do. Yeah, yeah. So I mean I do wonder, but if we are reaching this like end stage of Marvel movies, if Marvel will pivot at all, I doubt well, it. The bigger the biggest pivot question is DC because they have Shazam and they have Joker and now the Harley Quinn. So where are we going, DC? Also, you guys didn't Sidebar. see Aquaman, which is like a whole nother thing. <laughs> I I am curious on like, what the tonal movies uh, what they're going to do. Did you guys get the trailer for Harley Quinn? Uh, Harley Quinn looks not, like it could be uh, good. Not in my theater, but I have seen. I saw the one that was not like, the teaser, not the it teaser <laughs> that, that was, was horrendous. That was the worst thing I've seen. Clowns are over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hot, uh, but I'm I'm fascinated to know like where this whole genre where, is going. Where to is go. DC headed? Like who they, fucking knows, man? James Gunn is making another Suicide Suicide, suicide Squad yeah, movie and right I now. Have faith in that man. Yeah, I don't like. You know what I mean? I didn't even see the first one. Me either. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Don't see it. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Uh, that's that's a really big question mark because this movie scratches at the surface of uh, something that could be great if in the hands of not Todd Phillips. <laughs> but <laughs> I would be interested in a Joker too, though. I would at least be interested in. It. I was and know, to see. I just want to see more. You know, Joaquin what would it this be? Character. Okay, here here it is. Back to your quick maths. Um, instead, like you said, we cut out, we can cut out Zazie or whoever. We can cut out a good amount of stuff. Instead, uh, we, we are intercutting between Joaquin going off and then a a teenager who is inspired and he is the one who actually becomes the Joker. Joaquin is the one who sparks, incites the masses. And then this, and then this very smart, precocious young Jared Leto is the one <laughs> oh, no. is the one who actually carries through the plan because Joaquin is not capable of carrying through any plan. Yeah, seriously, that's, other yeah. Than that's shooting a, people. That's a yeah. good idea. Yeah, I, I like that. And, I, and it's Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yeah, it's Timothy Chalamet. Is he stretchy though? Is uh, he stretchy yeah, enough true. to be Joker? <laughs> Whoa, I could see that actually on a serious Chalamet note. Joker? Yeah. Chalamet, yeah. Chalamet, a little he, he's a good boy. actor. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna send this idea to. I mean, um, it wouldn't be as good as him as Mr. Fantastic. I'm gonna send this idea to Brian Callen because well, he must be the one opening Todd Phillips's mail at this point. <laughs> like he's just like his little underling. I mean, if anything, that could if you don't give it to Todd Phillips, if you give it to someone else, that could directly comment on the whole idea of this movie inspiring violent acts and you know which didn't happen. Yeah, yeah but it could. But I, I do think that is a good point though. That like how there are people that look at. Like these horrible things that happen. There, I mean, there's people like the people, the guy who shot up like Sandy Hook going back a few years ago, like cited the Columbine killers as inspirations and shit like that, which it's really gross uh, of a thing to comment on, but it is still a thing that's happening well, in society. To that point, the prop, the problem then isn't the news. Exactly. Right? Yeah. The problem the pro- is the news. You the can pro- make this into a commentary about the news itself and citing all these yeah, things. Yeah, the problem isn't. Isn't the, the actual movie? It's the coverage of of, yeah. of, of the actual I, murders themselves. That's, like, I, I feel just, like that's the way to make a sequel is that and, you focus on that. And part the of Joker it. is inherently tied to the media. Like mm-hmm. there are countless examples mm-hmm. of the Joker going on the radio or on television yeah. and like using that as his way to outsmart Batman. 
yeah. So there are possibilities that are beyond this movie. Um, like I said, I if I if there was no noise around this movie and I just walked in and I was like Todd Phillips Joker. All right, it's for the pod. That's what I say most weeks when I go see mm-hmm. a movie. Uh, I would probably leave being like, you know what, Todd? Like that's better than I thought you could ever make. Like after Hangover Three, yeah. I wasn't thinking like. You know, Todd's going to make a big yeah. draw. We haven't even talked. He made old school, man. This guy. <laughs> I hate old school. Hey. I, I know that's like a classic and a lot of people really love it. I, I like old school. I, I can't, I can't wait it. for Todd Phillips to graduate college, man. He's going places. <laughs> it's going to be great. Great career Jesus for him. Christ. It's just. And also, the, well, the big thing about Hangover 1 is it came out right around like the last couple years that movie could have come out and really made a right. splash. Yeah. And, and they nailed it. The marketing was Did insane. Did you see Bradley like, Cooper was, was a producer on this movie yeah pga also i i i didn't even mention like it opens on like the the old warner brothers logo i was like ah yes cinema i did (laughs) i did like that (laughs) (laughs) all right i think we can wrap it up there unless there's any other send uh, in the clowns we're all clowns man also when i when i say todd phillips is not smart i don't mean that he's unintelligent I Todd Phillips is gonna snap back at us. He's no. gonna clap back at us on Twitter. <laughs> People, no, just because. Listen, I, with this media cycle, it's gonna be in the news. What I said. I'm just saying that his work has never ever been concerned with depth ever, and to expect him to be deep on his first try and it works is insane. Like he is not. That's not what he does. That's not what he's good at. I think honestly, I just feel like there are a lot of people that are just attached to this character. And they're just, they want the movie to be deep and philosophical, so yeah. they just think it is. It's its fake deep. Whatever. It's a fake deep it's movie, and, and kids are going to love it, and people who don't watch a lot of movies are going to love it. I and would be interested to know if you just, like, drop somebody off five years from now and they watch this movie without knowing any of the things the that noise, were going on yeah. around it, any of the noise, what it would be. I mean... I still haven't watched the Dave Chappelle special because of all the noise that was around that, and I didn't want to be part of that. Mm. So I, if we didn't have a podcast, I might have waited a week or two to see this movie just so to be separated from the noise a little bit. So when they're so intertwined like we have right now with something like Twitter that you're always getting these comments on everything, whether they're memes or genuine attacks, it's it, it does become hard to separate everything. Yeah. Uh, I'll leave you off on this uh, little joke. Um, this week, I watched an incredible modern retelling of Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver, mm. featuring a transformative lead performance from Joaquin Phoenix, viewed from the lens of his relationship with his ailing mother and his increasingly violent tendencies. But enough about you were never really here. Uh, uh, damn. Uh, Is that why you were mad at Hunter when he said that earlier? I yeah, he took, your, he took my thunder. Really <laughs> yeah. A lot of similarities. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them. Also, I just remembered something. Lynn Ramsey's f- no Todd Phillips, I'll say that The much. fucking <laughs> song that plays when he dances down the steps, I was like... Okay, that was the most bizarre thing because... What the fuck well, is no, going on? The was, movie has a great score. Use yeah. the score. It, and it wasn't just that it was that song, because you could convince me, because I like that song. That's a classic song where you'll never learn who did it or what it was for, <laughs> but... It transitions, uh, here's a word that may not be a word, seem fully into score. Like, they don't even try to blend it or anything. It just, like, he get he's not even done dancing, yeah. and then it just switches to the score 
randomly. Yeah. That was maybe the one of the worst directorial <laughs> moments in the movie. Like, that was really weird. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole piece on The Ringer up right now about what that song means and why this movie Wait, is really? so... Yeah. Oh, God damn it. And why it's so edgy. Sorry, Bill Simmons. Sorry I threw shade at you earlier. I please please, learn please take us in now. as part of The Ringer podcast Dan network. It. What is that a song about, like communist revolution? Or do you something? know? Do you know the shit about the song? No. Why would I know about that? So, song? so the dude that made. Let me pull up the fucking article. The dude that made that song is now a convicted pedophile, <laughs> and cool. he is getting royalties from the movie. Jared Fogel. So. <laughs> The Joker had his last laugh after all. Oh, my God. Todd Phillips is like, I'm going to give money to a pedophile. <laughs> no. Yeah. That it's I don't know, man. There were there was a better drop in that moment. Um, I can't find it. That's really um, funny. Maybe though. it wasn't. The, no, it was the ringer. That, that's oh, wait, yes, it is. It's uh, written by I'll put it in the show notes Rob Harvilla and oh, it's called dude, Love he's Rob an Harvilla. awesome writer The Familiar Empty Provocations of Joker it doesn't just talk about the song yeah, yeah, yeah. it talks about like all of the Scorsese stuff as well. Well, that why would you tell me this? Because I actually really like that song because it... <laughs> now you've like, the song. No, just to me, it's always... It's a short article. You could always tell it was just some guy, this was the only idea he ever had, was just... <laughs> like, it's so simple... And the production is not like muddled on purpose, but it makes it sound huge. Even does that mean like guitar note? Every you know? every awesome. sports venue is giving that guy royalties too, because <laughs> yeah. that plays at like every, every sporting every event FSU that I've ever we went to, to growing up. Yeah, and that song, that. and we yeah. loved it, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it even more now. <laughs> hey, go ahead and take Woo! us out with that song, we're so they can get royalties off of Wabam. We're all clowns. Um, all right. Well, on that note, thanks for listening. <laughs> we bought a mic. Uh, leave us your review on wherever you listen to podcasts, and maybe email us a funny joke or two. <laughs> to we bought a mic what at gmail dot com. a little bit silly. At we bought a mic on Twitter. Is that um, that's the name of the sequel? Is a joke or two? <laughs> a joke or two? <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's good. We nailed it. They need to make a sequel now just for that. Yeah. So all right. Me. Stay tuned. Listen to our catch up and all the good stuff we got coming up in October. Next week, we're going to be reviewing El Camino, mm. a Breaking Bad mm. story. Joint. A Star Wars story? Is that what it's <laughs> that, called? I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for El Camino, and I'm being honest. Like, yeah. Every time I think about Breaking Bad or get on IMDb, I'm like, oh, my God. I don't even know if I can rewatch right. it. Like, it, it fucked me so hard when I was in like late I high know. school. I know. Uh, uh, and college. Yeah. We watched the finale. Do you in think the, the dorm, Joker dorm. is going to be the Breaking Bad for current college students? Oh All right. Bye. <laughs> Send in the clowns. Isn't it rich? Are we a pair? Me here at last on the ground. You in midair. Send in the clowns Isn't it bliss